1: Yay! April twenty first, 2023. Yes, it is that day of the week. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. We're here for the next two hours under the the guidance or the the steering of my producer, James Mesh, who's in the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifaceted, Family construction, LSU baseball on the diamond, spring football tomorrow, the NBA playoffs continue, the draft right around the corner, the Cajuns on the road. We've got so much to talk about, and we will try try and cover it all in a fun and informative and entertaining way. But first, got to let you know who we are and where we are. Because we're at Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. Head west on I-10, you'll get to Lake Charles, where you'll find KLCJ, 1041 streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber.
0: Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: LSU gets the start against Ole Miss tonight, but because of a forecast of inclement weather, the first contest of the three-game series, that old miss in Oxford will start tonight at 8:30 p.m. It was regularly scheduled for 6:30, but they moved it back to 8:30. Paul Skeens on the bump for, for LSU. We'll get a live report from our buddy Bill Franquez, who is with the Tigers and will be um on the radio tonight. You'll listen to the ball game right here on the game. Um it's at uh Swayze Field in Oxford, which holds ten thousand seven hundred, LSU's number one in all the college baseball polls. Ole Miss, the defending national champions, are unranked. They are twenty-one and sixteen overall, three and twelve in the SEC. Um, so LSU has captured seven of the past eleven regular season series with Ole Miss. But the Rebels swept the Tigers in three games last year in Baton Rouge. So um Paul Skeen's on the bump tonight, as I said, six and one overall with a one point six nine ERA in fifty-three and a third innings picks. He struck out a hundred and four and walked only nine. Ty Floyd will get the start on Saturday, and junior right-hander Christian Little will get the start on Sunday. So Big report coming up from Bill Frankes. Uh The Zurich Classic, um, a little rain delay. Uh, they resumed play. Let's see. It, it stopped at around 11, 12 a.m. this morning uh, because of lightning in the area. The second round of play resumed just about 20 minutes ago. So there's a lot of players still on the course, but as we speak, Wyndham Clark and Beau Hozier are at 15 under par four under on the day. Xander Shoffley and Patrick Antley are at 14 under par through 17 holes. They are nine under par today after shooting a first round 67 as the defending champions. There's a whole bunch of players still out on the course. We'll try and, update that for you along the way. NBA playoff action last night. Um it was uh a come from behind very very physical, very animated Philadelphia 76ers win over the Brooklyn Nets 102-97. Uh Joel Embiid got into something. Um James Harden was ejected for a flagrant 2 for uh, hitting a defender in the groin area, the 76ers trailed for most of the game in a hostile environment, um, being outscored 35-18 to 18 in the third quarter alone, but they rallied 26-15, uh, scoring margin in the fourth to win it by five. They now lead the best-of-seven series three games to none. It is all but over. All but over. Over last night, the LA Clippers put on quite a fight without Kawhi Leonard, without Paul George. Um, they fell to the Phoenix Suns 129 to 124. Kevin Durant with 28, but the big story for the Suns has been Devin Booker another 40 point game. He had 45 points in 45 minutes. Um, he was tremendous. DeAndre Ayton with a double-double, 12 points and 11 rebounds. The Clippers just couldn't uh, couldn't get it done, although they had quite the performance by Norman Powell, who had 42 on the night, and Russell Westbrook with 30 points, 12 assists, and 8 rebounds. Uh, the Suns lead that series two games to one. In a must-win situation, Steph Curry led the Golden State Warriors to a 114-97 win. Curry led the way with 36 points on the night in 37 minutes. Andrew Wiggins with 20. Um, Jordan Poole with 16. So momentum has shifted. Without Draymond Green, the Warriors get it done, 114-97. to 97. It's a 2-1 lead now for uh, the Kings in that one. We've got some games tonight. Um, three on tap. The Celtics try to go three up on the Hawks in Atlanta. Cavaliers and the Knicks resume at Madison Square Garden tonight. That series tied at a game apiece. The Nuggets will try and take a three games to zip lead over the Minnesota Timberwolves as that series shifts to the land of uh, 10,000 lakes. And um, with the Nuggets leading two games to zip. So there you have. Uh, all of that. Uh, Spring football tomorrow in Tiger Stadium. They're going to have a new kind of a look-see there. No more Eye of the Tiger in the middle of the field just for this one day and one game only. Um, Instead of the Eye of the Tiger, there's going to be an outline of the state of Louisiana and the logo saying the path written across the top. The logo's been used by... Head coach Brian Kelly is part of the program's branding since he arrived at LSU. The end zones will also have a new paint job with LSU in the middle of the stripes from the football helmets instead of solid gold and purple backgrounds. So just one of those days, and there'll be spring game logos on either 25-yard line. It's a temporary look, so all you traditionalists, don't worry. Once the season starts, LSU will go back to its traditional paint for the home opener September 8th against Grambling and the Tiger Eye will return to midfield. Um, big news in the NFL, former LSU, uh, LSU former Alabama wide receiver and 2022 first round pick Jamison Williams uh, was among five players league-wide suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy. After an investigation by the league, Lions wide receiver Quintez Cephas safety C.J. Moore have been suspended indefinitely for betting on NFL games, as was Washington commander's defensive end Shaka Tony. They can reapply for reinstatement after one year, although Detroit announced that its two players have been released. Second year wide receivers Williams and Stanley Berryhill are being suspended for six games each for mobile betting. That occurred at the Lions' Allen Park facility. These two did not bet on NFL games, the team said, but they still bet. So uh, um, there you have it. Uh, We've seen it in the past. We've seen it now. Will we see it in the future? Uh, Don't know, but players certainly understand the ramifications. Um, The league is not, uh, not fooling around with any of this. College football. Um, the clocks will run after first downs in college football with the NCAA set to change that half sanctuary rule. Uh, and they did it today. They changed the rule today. So, um, the clock will run after first downs are achieved in all divisions except division three. The clock will continue to stop after first downs during the final two minutes of each half. They're trying to speed this up, and I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Allowing the clock to run is expected to reduce the number of plays by an average of seven per game, according to Steve Shaw, the secretary editor of the Rules Committee. So there you have some of our headlines of the day. Uh, um, We'll get things rolling here in just a second after our first timeout. Bill Franquez, LSU Baseball on the Road Against Ole Miss will have a preview of the series next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Now, the season's barely underway, but if you haven't seen the defending World Series champs in person yet, no worry, because the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland A's on Saturday, May 20th, soon to be the Las Vegas A's in a a couple of years. May 20th, you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher AC, Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15
0: a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers, here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station.
1: We are back at uh, 17 minutes after the hour. As we mentioned, LSU in Oxford, Mississippi, for a three-game set against the Ole Miss Rebels. Tonight's original 6:30 start has been pushed back because of impending inclement weather. They're going to get started at 8:30 tonight. And when they do, you can turn the ball game on the game, and you'll be able to listen to Chris Blair and our good, good friend, uh, the longtime. Sports Information Director in charge of baseball, the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Mr. Bill Franke's. Bill, um, how are you, sir? Thank you for your time today. Thank you
2: so much, Jordy. It's my pleasure, and I can confirm that the weather is uh, very inclement right now here in Oxford. <laughs> it's uh, pouring, gosh. Uh, and we're expecting rain to continue throughout most of the afternoon, and that, that of course, is why uh, Ole Miss officials in conjunction with LSU and with the SEC, um, decided to push the start of the game back to 8.30. Now, the the forecast does look pretty good by about that time, and it looks good for the rest of the weekend. So, yeah, we'll have a couple hours uh, later than expected, start at 8.30, and hopefully we'll be fine the rest of the weekend. So uh, it's very, very unpleasant here right now, but uh, I think once this uh, front moves through, we should be in good shape. It'll It'll be pretty cool. But uh, I, think, I think the weather will cooperate uh, beginning late this evening.
1: Just out of curiosity, is there a cutoff time for the first game of, a, of an SEC series, or, or is yeah. there not?
2: Yeah, there is, Jordy. In fact, um, I, I'll, I'll need to review if, if the policy has been changed at all. But I do recall uh, the last time we had an issue like this was a home game a few years ago at the box. We were playing Alabama, as I recall. I want to say it was around 2016 or 2015-2016 and at the time, and the rules still still may be the same, you could not start game one after 10 o'clock local time. 10 o'clock was the latest you could start a game. And I remember we started exactly at 9.59 p.m. uh, game one of that uh, LSU-Alabama series in Baton Rouge. So I believe that the cutoff time is a game could not start later than 10 o'clock, but uh, we pushed it to the limit back Back in those days
1: in Baton Rouge. So hope, yeah. Hopefully this, this will get out of there, and then the rest of the weekend will be very, very nice. Ole Miss, of course, won the national championship Yeah, uh, a year ago, led by Mike Bianco. We all know his story about his times as a player, his time as a coach at LSU, his son Drew, who played four seasons at LSU before transferring to Houston. I didn't know Eddie Furness was a traitor. He sent his son Will to, to Ole Miss yeah, as an infielder. How, What's up with about that? that? How about that? now
2: I haven't you know, I haven't met the young man yet in person, but I, I've heard that, that he he resembles his dad quite a bit. and you, you would, just looking at the Ole Miss roster, same has the same height and weight as Eddie uh, will furnace he's but he listed at six four about two thirty five which is about the same size as his dad uh, when his dad played wow. at lSU. Uh, looks like will has uh, not been a full-time starter yet. he's just a true freshman, but he's had he's hit a few home runs, and I'm sure he has a lot of of dad's same characteristics. so. Yeah, Looking forward to seeing that young man and I hope not uh, the next generation of furniture. Well, hope not too much. You're right, you're right.
1: Yeah, I hope not. Right. I hope he doesn't hit the ball like dad did because that, yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah, good. yeah,
2: yeah. That he, he he could cause some problems if he did that, but yeah. That, that is pretty in cool. That, release, um, yeah, that Will's on the team here at Old man, Bill
1: Frank is with us, Bill Frank is with us in Oxford, Mississippi. In your press release, you Quoted Jake Johnson saying, "The top of Ole Miss's lineup is as good as any in college baseball. A complete team yeah. with a lot of experience back from last year's national championship. What's gone awry with Ole Miss? Because they're certainly struggling this year."
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Jordy. Uh, you know, they, they do have a lot of pieces back from last year, but they did lose some some great players as well. I guess the biggest issue is last year, the top two pitchers, and, and LC fans will remember this one. Ole Miss came to Baton Rouge last year. Uh, yeah. De Lucia, the number one pitcher, and Hunter Elliott, the number two pitcher, were, were both lights out. And those two guys really carried them. From that point forward, when they came to Baton Rouge and swept LSU, uh, then they, they got into a regional in Miami, won the regional, played the Super Regional at Southern Miss, blank Southern Miss in two straight games behind those two guys. And then, of course, those two top pitchers uh, were a big factor in them winning it all in Omaha. Well, Deluccia of course uh, – Signed a pro contract, Hunter Elliott was just a freshman last year, so he's back this year for sophomore year. Got injured in his first game of the year, so he hasn't been a factor at all for Ole Miss until, of course, this weekend when he's supposed yes. to be coming back. He's scheduled to start the game tomorrow uh, against LSU. So I, I think just it's just looking at their numbers and knowing about Elliott's injury and, uh, and and Devin Delucia moving on to pro ball. Looks like pitching has been a real issue for Ole Miss so far this year. Uh, their ERA is uh, over 5.5, which ranks near the bottom of the SEC. And, and not having Hunter Elliott the whole year, I think it's been a big factor as well. There's some new faces uh, that, that Mike has used in, in his starting rotation. But that appears to be the, the issue right now. They're still a very capable offensive club, as Jay alluded to. Man, They have, they have some big-time players back from last year's team, like Jacob Gonzalez. He's going to be a top-ten pick in the draft. He, he's the Rebel shortstop. Uh, Kemp Alderman having a huge year, uh, 15 home runs, uh, leading among the SEC leaders in RBIs. Uh, T.J. McCants, who's an outstanding defensive center fielder. And they've added another piece in Ethan Groff, who played started his career at Tulane. Groff entered the transfer portal at the end of last year and now is here in Oxford. He's a big-time player as well. So they have a lot of talent on this club. I, I think just the issue has been just, some of the making some adjustments with the, with the changes in their pitching staff.
1: Okay, um, for LSU on the mound, as as has been the norm all year, Paul Skeens will get the ball uh, for game one. Ty Floyd will get the ball for game two. Game three has always been kind of a or who wants it, uh, and now it's yeah. the opportunity of Christian Little to bring it home yeah. on Sunday. Um, what do you think about this pitching staff uh, to date?
2: Tell you what, Jordy, it's right now. It's it's a uh, battle of survival. (laughs) We've uh, speaking of injuries, Ole Miss losing Hunter Elliott. We've lost some some major uh, contributors to the staff as well in recent weeks. Yeah, Uh, beginning well. If you go back even to the beginning of the year, a week before the season, uh, Grant Taylor, who was excellent last year as a freshman, he was regarded as one of the top sophomore pitchers in the country, and he was going to be. He's draft. He was draft eligible for this year. He was a highly rated draft prospect. He gets hurt in a scrimmage the week before the season. He's done for the year. And now we've had an issues with, with Chase Shores being injured, uh, a true freshman, you know, another big-time prospect who has a very bright future here. Garrett Edwards getting hurt two weeks ago at South Carolina. and As most fans know, Edwards had developed in the, into the Tigers' most reliable reliever. And then Nate Ackenhausen has had this hamstring issue uh, For the most of the last month, and he has he's only pitched six times all year. As Jay pointed out earlier in the week, I mean, Ackenhouse is arguably is is our best relief pitcher. So pitching depth is definitely thin right now. So that 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 is a cause for concern. There's no doubt about it. The good news is that guys like Bryce Collins and Gavin Gidry, and now perhaps Javen Coleman, are going to step up and maybe fill that void has been caused by the injury. So I'd say right now concern about the pitching staff, but hope that these these guys who maybe were uh, not going to be major factors, they can step up and, be, and become major factors now that we've, we've had some depth issues.
1: And still through it all, LSU's been the top-ranked team in the nation all yeah. season. Only one, one team, Wake Forest, has fewer losses than LSU. But you yeah. know that the LSU fan base, they're always going to get concerned 'Cause LSU's lost three of their last seven games. Um mm-hmm. Ole Miss scares me because they are mm-hmm. uh like you mentioned, they got a good lineup. They got some veterans yeah. back who won a, who won the national championship. Yeah. Bianco would love nothing more than to beat LSU. So this sets up as a tough one. We hope LSU is uh is ready to go and we hope defensively they're ready to go, Bill.
2: I, I agree, Jordy. This this scenario is eerily similar to last year. Ole Miss it was, it was kind of in the same position at the, at, during the second half of SEC play. They, they were near the bottom of the standings. They had been ranked number one early in the year of 2022. Uh, some Ole Miss fans were calling for Mike Bianco to be fired. Yep. But they came yep. into Baton Rouge. They swept LSU last year. And that really propelled them into what uh, the obviously was the most successful postseason you could possibly have winning the national championship. And here they are again now. Reigning national champions, but again, uh, we're into the second half of SEC play. They're at the bottom; they are this time at the very bottom of the SEC standings, three and twelve in the league. However, yeah. you know you, you know what they're capable of. You, you, we've seen it last year. We, we know what kind of coach Mike is and the kind of talent he has. So yeah, I would I would regard them to be a very dangerous team. I mean this this is a, for them in their minds this is a weekend that can save their season. So. Yeah, LSU going to have to be prepared for a, for a big time challenge. That that certainly is what they're going to get uh, from the Rebels.
1: Uh, Bill Frank is kind enough to join us. My goodness gracious, he must be in a slump. Dylan Cruz is only hitting four ninety one.
3: What?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. Yeah,
3: yeah. He's. Uh,
2: yeah, of course, obviously, Jordy. A lot of that is due to the fact the way he's being pitched. I mean, he's. He's. I think. Like, I think in the game against the Cajuns the other night, he walked three times. So, naturally, he's still getting on base, but in most cases, teams are are pitching very carefully to Dylan, and yet he's still (laughs) hitting just below 500. So, uh, hopefully, you know, with Tommy White batting behind him, I think that's a big boost to Dylan, and and hopefully he'll continue to see at least some pitches that he can work with, especially with a threat of White behind him. And then that Kay Beloso, I think his development has been a huge factor in the Tiger lineup. The fact that Beloso can hit behind White. And, and produce RBIs and produce big hits, that helps the Tiger offense as well. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that Dylan uh, can put up some big numbers again. But I think that's mostly a function of just teams pitching very carefully to him and not right. giving him opportunities to, to come up with the, with the big-time slugging percentages.
1: Knock on wood, don't want to jinx, but as a team, Bella, she's batting three twenty eight. So the bats are yeah. there. Uh, what's the latest on Gavin Dugas?
2: So, Gavin, as y'all know, uh, was injured in the game one of the Kentucky series last Thursday. Uh, landed on his shoulder. Yeah. Initially thought it was more serious, right. but it's been diagnosed as a bruised shoulder. You know, he he feels like he can perhaps play this weekend. I, just judging from Jay's voice and body language, I get the impression that. Gavin's not quite ready yet. I, I'd be surprised if he plays this weekend. I think they're going to hold him out maybe this weekend, Jordy, and maybe have him back for full strength next week when the Tigers play Alabama back in Baton Rouge. I just get the feeling that Gavin's not quite there yet, that he's still experiencing a lot of soreness and not able really to, to play at 100% quite, quite yet.
1: All right. Well, it's going to be a late-nighter. Uh, you'll get on yep. the airwaves at 8 o'clock. First pitch at 8.30. Yep. The game will be... Broadcast here on the game 1037 Lafayette one hundred four one Lake Charles, uh, Bill. I can't thank you enough, man. Go get some good food, rest those pipes. and Let's, right. get, let's let Skeens do his thing, and then let's let's try yep. and get another series win. I, you know, I, I, but one at a time, right? One at a time. Yep,
2: that's right, Jordy. And you know, the good news is LSU, as you said, has been ranked number one all year. Our RPI right now is number four. So yeah, the Tigers are in good shape if they can, it, despite the pitching issues and, and the, the depth issues we have right now. We can just continue to, to 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 play at the level we've been playing. I think we have a good opportunity to, to be in a great shape uh, as we go into the postseason.
1: Postseason oh, time. Bill Franquez, the voice of Alec Box Stadium, Skip Burtman Field. Thank you, my friend. Miss you. Uh, All right, be Jordy. safe Thank out you there, so much, okay? Man. All right. Take care, Bye, buddy. buddy. Bill Franquez with us. We'll take a time out here when we come back. Uh, the draft, uh, will, first round of the draft will be over by this time next week. We'll talk with Larry Holder, who I think is at the Zurich Classic, and get his thoughts on the Saints, the draft, and who's going number one, how many quarterbacks in the top five. You keep hearing conflicting reports. It's rumor time, but we'll talk about it next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We love our partners. We couldn't do it without them. Partners like ShopRite, tobacco plus discount outlets. If you can't ShopRite at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks. Ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon in Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Eon, E-O-N. By the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon. Oh, everything under the sun in their shop. Great staff. Fun, fun place. You got to check out their true soul food deli. Best cheeseburger cooked to order that you've ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef. A tradition for only 90 years uh, over there in St. Martinville. The Art family. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the volume and turn up the taste with Kegs and Chef Hot Sauce.
0: This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the EVCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And we're back 36 minutes after the hour. Our next guest, um, part of our fun filled Friday, I believe. He's in Avondale. I believe he's at the Zurich Classic where my buddy Sam Burns um, and Billy Horschel birdied their first hole today. They're 9-under after a uh, delay because of lightning in the area. But right now in the clubhouse with the lead is Wyndham Clark and Bo Hosher at 16-under. Last year's champs, Xander Shawfley, Patrick Cantley shot a 63 in round two to be 14 under par. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Are you having a ball out there, if that's in fact where you are, sir?
4: I am here. I warned you uh, when we texted yesterday that I would either uh, be wet or intoxicated. Luckily, I'm neither. But having a great time out here. It's early in the day. But having a great time out here. Weather is actually cleared up. Should be great for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, Like, like you just said there back on the course and yeah, definitely some, uh, some good golf to be had, uh, had out here. Like I said, great, great crowd and uh, just an awesome event. Always here in New Orleans. Well, technically in the, on the West bank in Abadale, Jefferson Parish.
1: That's right. i I, you know, before we get to football and the draft coming up uh, next Thursday, I really believe that whoever came up with this format of the teams, the partners, uh, a la Ryder Cup, President's Cup. I think it saved golf in New Orleans. I really do. I think I think it's become a, a fun destination place for some of the top players to go. So whoever made the decision and whenever they did it, hats off to them because I think they saved the classic in New Orleans. Agree? No, I agree. Uh,
4: and, uh, look, Steve Worthy, he's been running the tournament here for a long, long time. And, yeah, the fact that they went this route a few years ago, uh, obviously it's a change up and they try to tinker with it each year, whether it's like walk-up music and things like that. They try to make it a festive right. thing because look, it's new Orleans. I mean, they want to make it festive, uh, but no, there's no doubt. It's I think you're the days of say kind of the, uh, the random champion that you don't really know who they are. I yeah. think that's, that is, that is over because of this event. I mean, like we've had like the likes of John Rom when this and his partner and look, uh, you, you mentioned, uh, Patrick Cantlay and, uh, Xander they are second now. And, uh, people uh, certainly know who they are. And, uh, you, you, know, so you get, you get people like even, uh, Matt Fitzpatrick who won last year and he won the U S open, yeah. uh, you know, he's here. Yeah. And, uh, like, even though they, it's funny because they have lost a couple of names because they used to have some of the live guys, uh, playing the tour, like Bubba Watson was always mm-hmm. a huge draw, but he's not here. But, uh, and John Rahm, I mean, he's not in live, but he usually plays. But I think he's taking this week off uh, because he actually right. played last week right after winning the match. Right. So I think he needed to take a uh, kind of a chill out. But no, still a really good field, uh, some great golf, and like I said, it's look, it's New Orleans. You get to come to this event, eat great food, have a really good time, and uh, it, to me, it's one of my favorite weekends, or really week yes. of, of the year here, just because. It's such a festive atmosphere, and you get out, and it's really not that hot. I mean, usually it could be a scorcher right. out here, and it's really not that hot. So it's really outside of this rain that just passed. It's it's uh, it, the event seems to go be going really smoothly.
1: Phoenix, known for throwing beer on the course, you know, at number seventeen, maybe maybe we can start throwing some crawfish at these guys. Maybe they can peel it, suck the head, and go back and and go ahead and knock their putt in. What do you think?
4: You, there's not a there's not much more crawfish out here the problem is though there's a lot of like grilled oysters and so you don't want that throwing shells. Oh. <laughs> So that, that might be no, a problem no. and i can tell you the golfers no. they consume yeah. a lot of these oysters but yeah it's a uh, it's funny because i'm uh, i'm at this kind of the sweet area at, eight, at 18 and it's not like rambunctious uh, like you see like you mentioned phoenix and uh, you can go yeah, to like, jacksonville and those, those events can get wild but it's just kind of like a consistent noise and it doesn't affect the golfers because <laughs> no one's quiet and
1: everyone's just having a good time over here. We'll uh, give it time. It will. It will. It will start to peak uh, as we get closer to Sunday's final round. So that'll be fun. Uh, Larry Holder, the athletic with us. Okay, uh, draft less than uh, you know by this time next week. Round one is in the books. Um, you, you've been delving into this, thinking about oh, who's the first player that goes because you know you keep hearing this, you keep hearing that. Is it Bryce Young? Is that a? Are you pretty firm on that one? Yeah, I, I'm confident
4: uh, that that he will be. Here's the thing: he, I'm confident that he will be the number one pick going to the Panthers. Now, after that, yes. I think there could be some moving and shaking as far as maybe trade possibilities because. After that, you know, they get, they got some teams who really would like a quarterback. Which ones do they really like? I mean, is Indy going to sit tight at 4 and just kind of let the pieces fall or do they really want to jump up because someone might jump ahead of them? I mean, it's it's a it's a deal where I remember back in 2017, uh, obviously the trade did not really work out, but the Bears moved up one spot to number 2 yeah. to take Mitch Trubisky. obviously they had a sense that maybe someone was going to try to jump them and they liked him right. uh, look he, he wasn't Pat Mahomes and uh, look say what you want about Sean Watson but he, look, he he obviously hasn't had the same career but i mean someone might make a, a just a simple trade up one or two spots just to prevent missing the quarterback that they want so i think that's it's really the trap really starts after one i'm curious to see the route the Texans take i mean to me logic points that CJ Stroud would be their guy, but I don't know. Look, the Texans—they kind of march to their own drumbeat. We figured back in 6 they take Mario, uh, they take Reggie Bush, and then they took Mario Williams. Uh, different management, yeah. but still. Uh, and it's not like the Texans have made a ton of great decisions, so I, I think that's that's a bit of a wild card spot, and definitely Arizona at three. I mean, they don't need a quarterback, so. That's definitely be something I'm going to I'm yeah. going to pay attention to if if someone wants to jump up to three and take either Stroud or Anthony Richardson. I mean, I'll throw Will Levis in there, but I don't think he would be someone that people would jump to that point to go get.
1: Yeah, I think the draft starts with Houston. I think Arizona might be one of those teams that could make a deal to get somebody could trade up. And Indianapolis may be like those Bears and move up one spot because they don't want Vegas or uh, or somebody else coming up and leapfrogging them to get a quarterback. So, so I'm with you on that. Um, in a perfect world, as a New Orleans Saints fan, although you cover all of the NFL, Saints at number 29, uh, in a perfect world, uh, what what do the Saints do?
4: I think they actually. It's weird. I mean, look, twenty nine to eighteen. They've got options, but I think in a perfect world, and I'm not, I'm because they, they got a couple of players there that depends on kind of what you what you think of them. But I think in a perfect world, that if their top D end or their top D tackles on the board, they take one. I, I think there's an obvious uh, need for that. Uh, they, they, they've got some guys who could be lurking around there. Uh, and so I think in a perfect world that's where they would go, but who knows? Like I said, when you're that far down in the draft, I mean you got to be open to possibilities of just best player available. And I just hearken back to when um, the last time they kind of traded into the back end of the of the first round, uh, and that was in 2017, and everyone thought they were the Saints were uh, well, even the Saints thought they were going to get Reuben Foster, the linebacker from Alabama. Uh, the 49ers yeah. took him, and then they settled for Ryan Ramchek And obviously, <laughs> the, the stars yeah. aligned, and it worked out really well for them and not so well for the 49ers. So I think the Saints have to be open to some other possibilities because, Jordy, when you think about it, like I, I can, I have question marks I can point to at just about every position. Uh, I'll eliminate quarterbacks since they went and got at their starter uh, with Derek Carr, but I think they, have, they can really take a, a look at each position and say, yeah. mm, we could – Use a guy there, and so I think that's they. They're fortunate enough that they can be open, but I'm also curious, and I don't need people driving off the road, <laughs> listening in their cars. But they've got 29 and they've got 40. I mean, what if they pair them up and move up? That could happen. We know they're aggressive, so I'm, I'm going to leave yeah. that possibility open. Sorry, St. Fran.
1: I'm with you. I'm with you. If there's somebody they really like and they can move up and get them. Um... That that's terrific, but uh, a successful draft, you got to get two or three guys that can come in and contribute right away, don't you?
4: Well, I would think for this team, yes. I mean, they're in a sense where they're they're not just reloading anymore. I mean, that's uh, the last two seasons missing playoffs, having a losing record last year. I mean, they got to have guys that come in and make an impact. Uh, like they were fortunate enough last year to have. One guy do it, Chris Alave, but then unfortunate right. where Trevor Penning did not. And so right. you can't uh, and they're not drafting either one of those guys as high this year because look, they're in the top 15 top 18 for those picks. Saints aren't there this year. So a little different. Uh, it, it seems like, look, every year, you know you have 31, this year 31. first round picks, they definitely don't have 31 graded first round pick kind of right. draft grades. They're much right. lower. Uh, it could be as low as like eighteen or twenty for some teams. So, uh, but, you, but you still got to have players that come in and contribute right away. I mean, they're not in, the, like I said, they're not in a a reload mode. They, they need help immediately uh, to kind of get this thing uh, back on track and become a playoff team.
1: Prioritize it for me. You said first pick. If there's a good defensive interior lineman or an edge lineman, go get them. Uh, after that, what's your next most significant? Position group that needs to be um, amended.
4: I think they could look wide receiver. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of cop out and give you a couple of them. Uh, okay. I, I yeah, I'd say wide receivers got to be in that mix. I think they could look interior offensive line because uh, you, you look at Andres Pete might be in his last year. We I mean I feel like we said that for the last six years and he's still around. But uh, you know, Caesar Ruiz is banged up. Uh, but I think interior offensive line is a spot that could look in. Uh, you know, even even uh, look, running back. I mean, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna discount that. Yeah, look, I think you and me probably agree. Like, say if someone like Tajay Spears from, from Tulane's there in round three, I think everyone would be thrilled if they just him. got him. I think he's a guy who could fit in immediately. And because look, Alvin Kamara, you and me have talked about it a ton, could be suspended at some point, and he could at some point become. Just kind of in the same vein as Ezekiel Elliott, cost too much money, not enough production. Right. You got to cut bait. Right. So that could easily happen too. I know they got Jamal Williams, but still, uh, you need someone um, maybe cheaper and uh, a little more viable going forward. So, uh, tight end, I think, is a spot they could look at too. Uh, you know, maybe not so much in the secondary. I think they feel like they're okay there, but I wouldn't blame them if they took a look there. Uh, you know, linebacker, they really only have right now, they lost Caden Ellis. They really only have Demario Davis and Pete Werner. Uh, You could probably beef up there. So that's the thing. Like, I'm rattling off all these positions.
3: Yeah.
4: (laughs) It just goes to show you they got a lot, they possibly have a lot of work they got to do. And and also, you just think about after the draft, though, too. Say if they don't get Edge Rusher, they got a lot of veterans maybe who are kind of waiting it out. I'm sure a lot of teams are waiting it out. Uh, They might uh be able to do that because they got some cap space to work with there, too
1: everybody talks about their athletic uh, uh, grade and that's so important for the saints. So I guess if you're targeting a defensive lineman with your first pick after that, you get the best player that's available, the best athlete that's available because you need somebody at so many different positions. You go get, you know, Alante Taylor surprised me as a pick a year ago. Uh, I thought they were set at the safety and corners, uh, but they went and got him. So that tells me they they want the best athlete available, no, no matter what the position is.
4: Oh, I agree. And when you're in that position, when you're so deep down in the draft, specifically in the first round, but you're, you're pretty high up in the second round, yeah, like there's probably you know 20 guys first round grades, and then you probably got a glut of second round guys uh, with second round grades, and some guys you, you might they might drop to you. So I think that's you got to have an open eye. I mean, it's not. You're not one of these teams in the top five. You're not like Carolina, where you know they need a quarterback. You're not like the Texans or Indianapolis, or you know you can mentioned the Raiders. I know they got Jimmy G, but I'm sure they can look to the future too. So when you look at it in that sense, it's definitely uh, they got to be open minded, and I know they will be. I mean, they are they're open minded all the time with this stuff. Uh, I, I think they will be again.
1: Okay, did they draft a quarterback?
4: <laughs> I, it's definitely not necessary. I mean, the fact they got their right. starter and they got a bona fide backup with Jameis Winston, I mean, that's for sure. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but Derek Carr is still, he's essentially on a two-year deal. And so right. if there's someone they really like, you keep seeing, and even us at The Athletic, our draft guys, they feel like someone like Hendon Hooker could go round one. Uh, even a lot of a lot of signs point to Minnesota because they might move on, say from Kirk Cousins after this year. Uh, right. But I just here's the thing: I don't unless somebody really drops somewhere. I, I just they might take one on day three, but it's it's not like they have to go out and get one. Like if they didn't get Derek Carr, then maybe they're in the business, but they don't Different have story. to be in the business for a quarterback. Yeah.
1: All right, Larry Holder, um, thank you for the time. Now you can go and have that Dixie beer and those uh, char-grilled oysters from Drago's and have a ball. Uh, enjoy the weekend, my friend. I know you will. I'm jealous. Wish I could be there with you. but us have fun. And thank you for carving out some time for us, man. I really do appreciate it.
4: All good, Jordy. And I won't start the trend of throwing the uh the oyster shells on the green. That would probably not go over well. Yeah, that not, would not much.
1: that would not go well. All right, Larry Holder, <laughs> the Athletic, go have some fun. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and wrap up our number one next.
0: This is the Jordy Holdberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: Of your boring man cave. Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the Ultimate Man Cave Makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037theGame.com or 1041TheGame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Bordelon's furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the Ultimate Man Cave Makeover, powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite, and the game southwest louisiana sports station
0: every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the jordy holberg show this is the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles your hall for the lsu tigers and houston astros in southwest louisiana
1: We are back 55 minutes after the hour as we, um, get through our number one, set the stage for our number two, um, projected number one pick in the NBA draft. Victor Wembayana enters the NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors seeking change. I don't know why they did it, but they fired Nick nurse as their head coach after five seasons. That's crazy. It's crazy. He's a really good coach, but, um, they do what they got to do, and uh, that's what they do. So we'll talk about the NBA playoffs coming up in hour number two, and then the regular crowd shuffles in. We'll get the very latest all things Acadiana with George Faust, the sports director at KLFY. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will will uh, pontificate. We'll talk. We'll kind of look into what the Saints are going to do with their first pick in the draft. We'll pick some some NBA uh, playoff matchups and. This, that, and the other. Three games on tap tonight. Boston at Atlanta. Cleveland at New York. Denver at Minnesota. Boston and Minnesota both lead, uh, Denver rather, lead their series. Two games to none. Cleveland even up the series with the Knicks uh, in the last game. So they're tied at a game apiece. So we'll delve into all of that. Our number ones in the books. Hour number two straight ahead. The Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champs. Struggling a little bit, but trying to get their right foot forward, Houston Astros. We'll be back. Hour number two of two, and away we go. Happy Friday, April 21st, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, back in the producer's chair inside the Evco Development Studios. Evco Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're at KLCJ1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. LSU baseball in Oxford, Mississippi, raining like cats and dogs. We, we talked with Bill Franquez from LSU in our number one. They moved the start from 6.30 tonight to 8.30 tonight. 8 o'clock, you can turn on the game and listen to it. First pitch is at 8.30. So stay tuned for that. The Rage and Cajuns, fresh off of beating LSU in a midweek game, returns to Sunbelt Conference action tonight at 5 when it opens up a three-game series against league newcomer James Madison at Eagle Field at Vets Memorial Park. Uh, the Cajuns are one game behind Sunbelt Conference leader Coastal Carolina in the league standings. Um, they are 26-12 overall, 10-5 in Sunbelt Conference play. James Madison is 20-16 overall, 5-8 and in league play. Uh, Hooper Rawls, 8-0, 2.11 ERA, will earn his second start of the season for the Cajuns in Friday's opener, Um, With right-hander Jackson Nezu scheduled to start on Saturday. And redshirt freshman Blake McGeehy will start on Sunday. So we'll talk more about that uh, with George Faust here in just a minute. Round two of the Zurich Classic is underway. They had about a two-hour rain uh, delay because of lightning in the area that began around 11 o'clock this morning. They're back on the course. The weather's cleared out. Wyndham Clark and Bo Hozier playing alternate shots today. Shot a second round 67, five under par. They are in the clubhouse at 16 under. Last year's champs, Xander Shaffley and Patrick Cantlay went low. Shot a second round 63, nine under par. Uh, they are at 14 under, tied with Martin Trainer. And Chad Ramey, a lot of other teams out there on the course. So this will evolve and revolve and we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see as I'm looking down the leaderboard, um, Sam Burns. And, oh boy, Where are they? Sam Burns, Billy Horschel. They've played four holes today. They are at one under par for the day, nine under par for the tournament. So they've got some ground to make up, but certainly – Uh, With all the rain that took place, those greens will be soft. They hit it up close. It's not going to roll much, but you're going to have to hit it up close and uh, knock in some putts. So uh, the Zurich Classic underway. Uh, LSU spring football game is tomorrow. There is a new uh, look to the field. No more uh, for this weekend. No more eye of the tiger at midfield. It's it's a – the state of Louisiana, right, and engraved inside that is the words "the path." Uh, the path is kind of the the mantra of Brian Kelly, um, his branding, the program's branding since he arrived at LSU. The end zones also have a new paint job with LSU in the middle of the stripes from the football helmets instead of a solid gold and purple background. So, um, got a little stripes in the end zone. So I kind of like it kind of like the look of it. Uh, but look, it's, it's just temporary. It's just for the spring game. They have the spring game logos on, uh, either 25 yard line, but when LSU kicks it off September 8th against Grambling, uh, the end zone will go back to looking like it did, and the eye of the tiger will return to midfield. You can't mess with all that tradition. NBA playoffs last night. Um, couple of three games on tap. Uh Philadelphia took a three games of zip lead over the Brooklyn Nets, 102-97. Joel Embiid got into it. Um, and you know, if you look at Um, the play that he got involved with, with Nick Claxon and, you know, Claxon stepped over him and Joel Embiid reacted by kicking his leg up. Uh, they just gave, you know, they gave both a technical, I'm sure Draymond Green was going, what, what the heck's the difference? What do I have to do? And then a very strange call later on, it, it seemed to me to be a makeup call for not ejecting Embiid. But they caught James Harden um, on a move that he does all the time, but they ejected him. But either way, uh, Tyrese Maxey with 25, Harden with 21 in 29 minutes, uh, Tobias Harris with 15, and Bede had 14 and 10 in 38 minutes. But there, Brooklyn's double-teaming him all the time. But all said and done, Philly in control. That series is over. They lead it three games to zip. A must-win situation for the Golden State Warriors last night. They did it with a 114-97 win over the Sacramento Kings. For that to happen, you know Steph Curry had to have a great ball game, and he had to outduel De'Aaron Fox, and he did. Fox had 26. Curry had 36 on the night. And the big story was Kayvon Looney, the center, in 31 minutes. He only had four points, but he had nine assists, and more importantly, twenty. 20- rebounds a lot of them on the offensive end uh where golden state had 18 offensive rebounds that gave them more opportunities to shoot um and so uh, you know they took 100 shots they took 53 pointers 50 took 100 shots on the game um so those offensive rebounds were uh huge And Golden State moved the ball so well. 31 assists on their 40 made field goals. Uh, Momentum has definitely shifted. Draymond Green's coming back. It's now two games to one Sacramento. uh, Game four in San Francisco where the Warriors are tough. No um, Paul George. Unbelievably. Uh, No Kawhi Leonard for the Clippers. And they fall to the Suns 129 to 124. Phoenix with a two games to one lead. It's not been so much Kevin Durant. It's been Devin Booker, Devin Booker with another 40 point performance. He had 45 on the night. Durant had 28. Uh, The Clippers, Norman Powell had uh, a game high, a team high, 42. Russell Westbrook was dynamic, 30 points, 12 assists, eight rebounds on the night. But you got to, you got to have your stars come come playoff time. And if you don't, you can't win, you know, I don't know if Paul George is coming back. I don't know what with a knee situation for Kawhi Leonard. When's he coming back? That's the big storyline on that. We've got a couple of, uh, we got three games tonight on the slate. Boston with a two games to nothing lead over the Atlanta Hawks game three tonight in Atlanta series tied one apiece Cleveland and the Knicks. The series moves to Madison square garden tonight and the nuggets look to take a commanding three zip lead as the series with Minnesota shifts to the Timberwolves' home court. So that's your NBA uh, look tonight. Let's take a timeout, some of your headlines of the day. Um, when we return, we'll talk about Michael Jefferson. We'll talk about this and Cajun baseball team uh, and much more. All Things Acadiana with George Faust from KLFY next.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We're brought to you each and every day by our great partners, ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all by Ducks, Cleaning America's Air from the inside out. Get that dryer vent cleaned out. Excuse me. Who oh, had to sneeze there? Pardon me. Eon, the premier Texas robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, three locations, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and the great city of Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. DC's Little Capital Exxon, uh, they've got that true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce there's no
0: better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of acadiana sports media klfy sports director george faust and we'll never be royal, royal. it's time for fridays with faust here on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
1: what's happening george happy f- yay to you, my friend. <laughs> doing good, Jordy. How are you? I'm good. You know who else is doing good? Uh, Michael Jefferson, um, released from the hospital Wednesday after being hit by a drunk driver on Easter night in Mobile, Alabama. That's a great story. I wish this kid uh, nothing but the best. I don't know how it's going to affect his his draft status, but man, I hope somebody gives him a shot.
3: Yeah, you know, it looked like he was uh, going to be a, a mid-round type of type of talent uh, this year. He might he might fall a little bit now, but uh, we're uh, we're going to see. And, and I think you know he he's got some explosive uh, plays in in him, in his game. So um, yeah, he can definitely help somebody out. If not uh, right away, I think there's potential there for him to uh, to kind of improve and, and get better and. You know, be be a uh, be a guy who can get on a roster for
5: sure. Yeah,
1: I hope so. Um I tell you how many messages I got. I, I love the Raging Cajuns, and I and the fact that they beat LSU. Good for them. They you know they won the game fair and square. They outplayed them. They outhit them. They outpitched them. And I'm getting all kind of messages like, uh huh. See there, see that. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, Look, I went to LSU, but I love everybody. George, come on!
3: I right, look, look. It's it's one of the greatest, uh, you know, little rivalries that that is is. You know, it's not. There, there's there's a there's a it's a rivalry because of proximity, but there, yes, but if you look at it, it's just like I mean. I've always struggled with this since I've been here, Jordy. I've been here 21 years, and I, I just like, you know, LSU competes in the SEC. I, I, that's not a newsflash. Uh, and the Cajuns compete in the Sunbelt. That's not a newsflash. So, uh, it, it, while it means a lot to win and, and beat your beat your in-state rival, I think other than in, in in any other rival setup, I think that one means the most to the Cajuns. No doubt about it. I, it also Gives them an opportunity to get better. Coach uh, Coach uh, Coach Tony Robichaux used to always say it: winning a game like that, and he would say it about any win, but winning games like that just does one thing for you: affords you another opportunity to win another game that's just as big, that's just as important to you. So, I, you know, you have to look at it like that. And if they go, if they go, uh, you know, to JMU and, and you know lay an egg. Then and, and all that means that win against LSU That's means it. very little, right? I mean, yes. it, it mean right. so you, as much as, as excited as you should be because you had a chance to play LSU and beat them, you should also be just as excited to go sweep JMU, a team that you should sweep because we just right. saw what you were able to do, right? We just, we yes. know what your talent is now. So, there, you know, granted, you know, there were, LSU probably wasn't playing all their aces, and, and, you know, it's fine. But you you, yeah. you beat Where the team, you know. But you have to yeah. go make that win mean something more, and that means going and handling your business in the Sun Belt. I'm not saying it yeah. wasn't important to the Cajuns. It obviously is. There's nothing yes. wrong with that. But you also no. got to make it, make it worth something. Uh, and and yeah. by doing that, you know, because let's be honest, What's going to happen in the regionals? If you get to a regional, where do you think you're going? <laughs> it's probably Baton yeah. Rouge or it's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, or you're going to uh, somewhere in Texas, you know? <laughs> so you, you got, you, it's great to win that, but you also got to make it mean something and can keep it going. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my one thing. Just I, No, I'm
1: with you. Celebrate you, you gotta put in.
3: Celebrate it. It's fine.
1: Yeah. But, but you got to put it in a rear view mirror pretty quickly. Um, and you yeah. can celebrate that at the end of the year. You can go plant a flag at your favorite LSU fans house and say, Hey, we got you. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, that's great. That's great. I'll never forget. Um, you know, it, it, I had a, you know, we were LSU people and we had a friend who was a Tulane guy and Tulane beat LSU <laughs> in football one year and we got home and our swimming pool was, uh, was dyed green I thought algae grew overnight, <laughs> but he just put green food coloring in a lot of it and dyed our yeah. pool green. So you know, I mean, come on, it's it's all good. It's all good. Right. Um, my dad didn't appreciate it, but um, no, it's all true. good.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, but the in-state rival thing is great. I like. I love that. I love the back and forth. I'm all about being able to chatter with somebody. You know, and and mm-hmm.
1: hey,
3: you know, that, look, it's nothing too, wrong. With here's
1: that. what I always say. Here's what I always say. And look, this UL runs a great program in all their sports. They don't have the financial background. They don't have the resources that LSU does. So uh, on a given day, sure, absolutely. If LSU and UL play 10 times. What who, what do you think happens? Yeah, it's six and
3: four, seven and three. I, yeah, yeah. I, it's. It's going to sway to the to the Tigers a little bit on
1: that. Yeah, Absolutely. Just, it's just, yeah. So I'm I'm thrilled for the Cajuns to win it, but that now the season moves on. I can promise you, LSU's focused on Ole Miss, and I'm sure the Cajuns are focused on James Madison. Look, they're a good, they're a good team, well coached, uh, and, and that's terrific. Good for them. Good for them. I wish I really do. Um, baseball plays every year. They play each other. I yep. wish basketball would play each other. I know now that Will Wade's yep. out of there, he just didn't like <laughs> and they those two coaches didn't like one another. Maybe with Matt McMahon, right. maybe that'll change and maybe we can get these two teams to play some basketball again. And maybe LSU can go to the Cajun Dome and guess what? They'll fill that place. Fill it yep. up to the rest. I mean
3: look, Tim Mulkey came in her first year when she was at LSU and there was there was probably six thousand, seven thousand to watch. Kim Mulkey and the t- Lady Tigers yep. play uh, Gary yeah. Broadhead's team. So, and I remember in the post game press conference, Kim Mulkey saying, "Is it always like this here?" I was like, "No, coach. <laughs> it's he yeah. brought the crowd."
1: Telling coach. you, <laughs> I'm telling you. If I'm Bob Marlin, I call up Matt McMahon. I go go to lunch with him and say, "Look, can we look? We'll we'll play you twice in Baton Rouge, but come down to come down here and play us once." And yep. That, and that, yeah, that'll that, make that, their that, attendance you know they'll fill yeah. up the place and that that'll be great and then you can see what that place is really like right
3: yeah and, and no absolutely i look no uh, i've never seen that place filled out for a sporting event The closest obviously was the ice skaters i wasn't there i wasn't here when the ice yeah. skaters kind of were in their major heyday from 95 to 98 yeah. uh so yeah. You know, when when you, they were packing it out with twelve thousand at the Cajun for a hockey game. Yeah, that was <laughs> so, great. That uh, was great. Which, which yeah. So, I, I mean, I I would love to see it at some point before I, uh, you know, hit the hit the road. Retire?
1: <laughs> You're never going to retire. What are you talking about? You know, Baton Rouge is getting retire, hockey again.
3: I just been. I meant before the good Lord calls me up into the into <laughs> the uh, the pearly gates.
1: That's all. <laughs> long way, not long way, long way. Baton Rouge is getting hockey again.
5: Come on, come
1: yeah. on, Lafayette. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Look, we got, look, a, they got hockey, a naming dude, contest they out there again. So. The so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Um yeah. High school baseball, high school softball. Um. We got some powerhouses in the Acadiana area? I, I
3: think uh, when you look at uh, softball, you, you look at like a team like STM. They're pretty dominant. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame has a really solid program as well. Um, there they're, they're, they're are they're always uh, like three or four teams that kind of make those deep runs, uh, and, and they're able to kind of take over at, at, at this time. Uh, baseball wise, I think uh, there, there's, there's, you know, it's the usual suspects. With, with, I mean, with regards to, you know, uh, there's uh, Turlings and STM and and, uh, and uh, Notre Dame has a pretty good squad. They got to compete with the, the likes of those St. Charles, you know, and uh, and uh, all those guys. That's been kind of the budding rivalry for the Pios is that is that St. Charles uh, Comet uh, program. So they're kind of on par with each other, battling, dueling back and forth. Um, yeah, there's there's a, just a North Vermillion. Obviously, is one of the teams that you gotta you gotta you know circle and uh, and say, hey, they're probably one of the favorites again. I mean, look, a couple of years ago they won the state championship for the first time since '93. Uh, they've done a, another phenomenal, uh, having had another phenomenal year this year. So uh, there's some there's some teams to look out for uh, as the, as the playoffs get rolling in baseball.
1: Well, then Lake Charles Barb is always a great baseball school. Oh, my goodness oh, gracious! Unbelievable it's, how good they are. Yeah, they, I mean they just it's, just it's a machine every year. Every yeah. year, you know the NCAA has that director's cup. Um, I'm just yeah. curious when you look at. A school and their overall athletic department. Um, I mean, I don't want to cause controversy or get people upset, but St. Thomas More's got to be right there. I mean, they're good in everything. Everything.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they 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 don't mess around. That's for sure. You're right about that. They do have. Uh, they they have such a such a great um, system of you know. Funneling some some great kids into their program and, and able to kind of you know just you know, look from from Coach Danny Bruceard's basketball programs to I mean the baseball program just never missed a step after their coach retired uh, you know retired a couple of years yeah. ago and so yeah it's 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 amazing how much how much, uh, much talent gets funneled uh, uh, that way to St. Thomas More no doubt about it they 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 have uh, I mean football wise. And I think part of the thing might be, and, and uh, minus baseball, but the I think the coaching stability has a lot to do with that. Obviously, Jim Hightower uh, knows what he's doing in football. He's got great coordinators. He'll, he'll tell you that. He'll be the first one to tell you in football that he he, he couldn't do it without the guys around him uh, with regards to his staff. And, and, and Coach Danny in basketball does a phenomenal job. It has – and he as well will tell you. You know his assistants do a great job, and I think being able to have such stability at the head of your programs just and you, when you decide to go to a school like St. Thomas for you can see, hey, you know, we know who the coach is going to be, we know what's expected, and, and we got to live up to that standard. And it kind of yeah, just research. They're,
1: they're they're, they're outstanding. They're outstanding. But yeah. I'm telling you. There's a school in Baton Rouge called Catholic High. They get yeah. to the semifinals in football. They won the state championship yep. in basketball. Their last year's state yep. championship baseball team, they're ranked seventh in the country. They win everything in track and field. They win everything in swimming. They win everything in golf. It's it's amazing. It's amazing right. uh, what yeah. they do on the boys' side. It, it's it's remarkable. So, anyway. Right. Oh, um, I, uh,
3: you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's it, it is impressive to watch teams that can consistently do it on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty cool stuff. And there's a lot of great programs and a lot of great coaches. And I think high school high school sports is so much better now. We can just get the the select non-select, get rid of that garbage, <laughs> and let's all jump into one pool, and then we'll be fine yeah. again.
3: Fine again. And that'll change. That that would change a lot about who's winning too. I think that would be. That would make it make it no a, doubt. A, a lot more uh, intense when it comes to the postseason. I think, which is, no. I mean, which is the way it was, right? I mean, that hey, yep. you earned what you got. You get to a state championship, and you're having to go through Edna Carr to play basketball, you know, <laughs> or you know, football. Yep. You know, hey, that you can put the feather in your cap if you win that game. You, you can know, be
1: proud of so. yeah, proud of your accomplishments. All right, George right. Faust. Um, Enjoy your Friday and your weekend. It's always fun talking with you, buddy. I greatly appreciate it. Never know what direction we're going, but we always end up at the finish line. Somehow, some way.
3: Hey, as long as that happens, right? (laughs) Good stuff, man. I I always like talking to you as well. All
1: right, buddy. You take care, man. Thank you so much. George Faust from KLFY. When we return, um, it's time for... George Becknell, James Mesh, and I to try and get to the finish line as well. Next.
0: This is the
1: Jordy Holberg
0: Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: It's another two-for-one deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you can get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50. That's a $15 voucher, and you'll get it for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com to get a $15 voucher to Pizza Artista for only $7.50.
0: The Jordi Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best.
5: This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it.
0: Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. let's play ball. Back to only the best. On the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, 35 minutes after the hour. You know it's Friday. You know what we do at this time each and every Friday. We have a lot of fun as I welcome in James Mesh in the EBCO Development Studios and my buddy George Becknell from who knows where the traveling vagabond is. George, good afternoon, buddy.
6: Jordan, what's happening, brother? How are you? Uh, what?
1: Well, okay. There's the old expression, where's Waldo? So where's George?
6: George is is on I ten between Granderson and Toronto. Man, I'm I'm rolling. I'm I'm working today. I'm not vacationing. I'm 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 actually earning some bread.
1: Well, that is very very nice. All right, you're ready. I know James is ready. We got a lot of NBA talk to go through. Um, you we saw what happened with Draymond Green. We saw what happened last night with Joel Embiid. Did Draymond Green's reputation get in the way, and or, or should Embiid have been disqualified and kicked out as well?
6: It, it was definitely uh, Draymond Green's reputation. You know, it's kind of remind me of Dennis Rodman back in the day, who whenever he did anything, he gets uh, he gets suspended. I mean, Joel Embiid, you know, kicked a man, in, you know, in his private area, like 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 you can't do that. He no. he should absolutely be suspended and. To have such behavior by a superstar is ridiculous. So I'm all for, and look, I come from the school where if you come in the lane, I got to put you down. You make it from the free throw line. But what Joel and B did was unacceptable. He should have been suspended as well. And I think Draymond's reputation kind of helped him out on that because I think Embiid was more egregious than Draymond, in my opinion.
1: Okay, okay. Um, James, I personally don't think Either one should have been suspended. I think what they did with green to kick him out of the game was the right thing. I don't think he should have been suspended. I think they did the wrong thing with MB because I think they should have kicked him out of the game, but not suspend him. Uh, what's your view on, on those two incidents?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of over Draymond. I don't know if it necessarily should have warranted a one game suspension, but I'm not totally against it with how often he's done it in his years yeah. with the Warriors in the playoffs but with in beads it, he waited until nick was like tr- was like right in the shot for him to kick him. it was like what do you right. like it that threw so me and it was the fact that yeah. it was only a flagrant 1 it was like you could tell yeah. that he meant to do it how is he still in the game why was that not a flagrant 2 <laughs> what yeah i don't know um the consistency
1: of the refereeing has been inconsistent from from the get-go. George Becknell, uh, the Lakers took game one. They lost game two. Game three is tomorrow as it goes back to Tinseltown. Did the Lakers miss a golden opportunity with John Morant being out? Should they be at home up to zip?
6: It should absolutely be up to zip. Uh, When you're talking about a basketball team with LeBron James, and I get it, LeBron's in year 20, but he's playing at an extremely high level. Anthony Davis disappeared. is a superstar. Yeah, but 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 it, it's it, it's ridiculous the fact that they could go to Memphis and lose without John Moran. You
1: Anthony know, Davis like, dis- disappeared.
6: Disappeared. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like what? Like what are you doing? Like like as a superstar, you know, he's been the most ineffective superstar in the playoffs I've ever seen. So I don't understand why the, the Lakers are still banking on him. But anyway. That's a terrible loss, in my opinion. You I'm can't with lose you. that I... game if you're the Lakers. You got a golden opportunity. You you essentially win the series if you go 2-0 in Memphis back to crypto.com. They blew it.
1: I'm with you. James Mesh. Okay, everybody always talks about the GOAT, and everybody says Michael Jordan, and you got all these other people. Well, look at LeBron James. I don't think anybody ever, quote, poked the bear like Dylan Brooks did to... LeBron James, here's LeBron James's chance to show everybody, you don't mess around with me, should LeBron James come out and try and drop 50 against the Grizzlies, or do you think he's going to take that that role where he lets the game come to him and he he gets everybody else involved? Because I know what Michael Jordan would do.
5: I know what he would do. What will LeBron do come Saturday night? I think if there's a golden opportunity for you, to try and drop 50 on Dylan Brooks' head. I say absolutely go for it, but I don't think that should be a point of emphasis for you because it's not like Dylan Brooks is an all-world defender. So I think you should just play your game unless there's an opportunity for you to just keep attacking him and just score 50 yourself. Otherwise, I would just let the game come to you and you just try to win the game like you usually would.
1: Okay.
6: No way, James. (laughs) I, what, <laughs> no what, way! What do you say, George? <laughs> no way, James. If you're LeBron James, you essentially got called out to the 10th power. Like you have to come out and you have to destroy Dylan Brooks at all costs. You have to You have to have the ball in your hands from the tip to the end. And yes,
5: well, you may you have, have to, to if go AD's going to disappear again.
6: Yeah, I mean, but he has to go for 50 to prove a point, whether AD shows up or not. If you're LeBron James, the the quote unquote goat, has emphasis on the hashtag, you have to go for fifty. I,
1: I want to see LeBron not not stand out there at the three point line. I want to see him take the ball to the bucket and just beat Dylan Brooks up and just t- pound him inside yeah. and, and and shut that dude up. He he's trying to make Memphis the old Detroit Pistons and all that stuff but there ain't no Bill beer on that team there's no Dennis Rodman on that team uh uh-uh, I'm sorry Dylan Brooks shut up just go play and shut up anyway um Knicks Cavs uh James Mesh um there was a little incident there at the end with um one of the starters um for the Knicks in the ball game late and He's going in for a shot and here come the Cavaliers and their big goes up and challenges him and um, hits him hard, knocks him down to the ground. That should be, uh, it's going to be a wild scene at the Madison Square Garden tonight.
5: Oh yeah, 100%. I I think this is another good opportunity for the Knicks to try and reclaim that lead in the series. But I don't know, I kind of want to lean towards Cleveland to win this game and maybe the Knicks in game four tie it before they go back to Cleveland. But that that's how I'm feeling tonight. Okay.
1: All right. Um Cleveland with that backcourt. Uh Jalen Brunson's the key. I think if Brunson plays well, George, I think the Knicks have a great chance to win if he plays like he's capable of playing.
6: Well, I, I agree with that. Um I think Brunson has to play out of his mind for the Knicks to win, um, especially with that with that home crowd. But I just my gut just tells me Cleveland is better. Mm -hmm. Their backcourt is better. I think they're better. Um, I do, too. I do, too. And and Spider Mitchell has been there before, you know. Brunson has been a role player his whole career. Julius Randle has been a role player for most of his career. Those guys, they just don't have that star power to get it done in a pivotal game three. And I think uh, Spider Mitchell has it. So, I like Cleveland in this one, but I think it's going to be a 90s-style, physical type of game. And I'm looking forward to watching.
1: One more NBA thought. Uh, James Mesh, is uh, is, uh, Zion Williamson going to lose some weight for the first time in his life and keep it off? I mean, I've never seen a team at the end where the GM, his teammates, not directly saying his name, but everybody in the world knows what they're talking about when they say, look, we got to take care of our bodies. We got to hydrate. We got to get in the gym. We got to work hard. uh, Availability is the best ability. I mean if Zion doesn't get the hint by now, James, I don't know if he ever will.
5: Right, cuz at a certain point, you just got to figure it out because it feels like it fluctuates so much. Like he's he's always going to be big, but we've seen him before where to begin the season you were like, "Wow, he's looking a little more slim." Like he he's looking a lot more muscular instead of just big overall, but then people were saying like, "Oh, he's he's looking he's looking even bigger than he was before." Yeah. During during yeah during practices and whatever. So I'm like, you just have to figure out how to stick at a certain weight at this point because that's what you're getting paid to do. You got to make yeah. sure you stay at a certain weight, stay at a certain athleticism and keep yourself in shape even if you get injured.
1: George, if, I, if I'm sorry, I'm firing. I'm telling, I'm I'm telling him, fire that chef because whatever he's cooking you, it ain't working.
6: Jordan, we drafted a Husky kid to the land of shrimp and grits, beignets, and gumbo, it's not going to work. Like, they're going to have to trade that guy at some point. He's, he's going to come in as big as he always does. He, it's, it's, I don't see it. You know, he's going to have to show me, and for the first time in what, four or five years, that he's going to come to training camp underweight. I, I, I see it before I believe it. So, I don't have too much positivity for Zion losing some weight right now.
1: I'm just hoping against hope he takes the path of one Joel Embiid who couldn't play a lick early on, and now, boy, what a stud he is. Uh, But we shall see. We shall see. All right, the NFL draft, James Mesh is, um, by this time next week, round one's in the books at number 29. I'm not asking you who, but what type of player, what position – are the Saints going to be getting in their first-round draft pick? Do they stay pat at 29? Do they package and move up? What do you think happens?
5: I think if there's a guy that they really like in those early 20s, i say they can package up and very easily trade up to that pick because I know Seattle's there at 20 right now, and they have a history of trading back. So I feel like if a certain guy, like maybe a Lucas Van Ness, I don't know how much the Saints love him, but I like Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. If they see a guy that's at 20 that they really like – I very easily could see them – we're going to hear reports more likely than not that, oh, Saints are doing their due diligence to make calls with other teams to try and trade up into those early to mid-20s if they see a guy that they really like. But I think defensive line no matter what because you don't necessarily need to go for a wide receiver right now. You don't need a quarterback. Offensive line maybe, but a lot of them are tackles that you would go get in the first round this year. You're not looking for inside necessarily in the first round, so – and linebackers, no. The top corners are going to be gone by that point, and you don't necessarily need a safety. So defensive line for me. Okay.
1: Defensive line. All right. Uh, George Becknell with the 29th I mean, I, pick. Who do you think? What do you what, what do you want to see?
6: I got to agree with James on, on this one because when you look at the Saints and look at what they need, you got to go get a guy that's going to be opposite Cam Jordan that's going to get the quarterback. The quarterback, when you affect the quarterback position, you have the most opportunity to win the game, so you gotta now, go get you another pass rusher.
1: Now we're talking.
6: You, you just you just have to do, it. and I feel like with the guys the Saints lost, the D line is the is the thinnest group on this football team right now. I'm thinking you go get you a pass rusher and and go try to win 10, 11 games next year.
1: See, they went out in the free agency world and they got some interior defensive linemen to make up for the loss of Anya Mata and, and Tuttle and people like that. They I'm did. with you. I've said it from day one. Teams throw the ball so much more than they run it. We got to get somebody that can affect the quarterback, you know, get sacks affect the quarterback, make, make teams kind of game plan. Oh, where is it? It's going to make Cam Jordan better. We got to get a stud pass rusher. I've always said that. I've always believed that. I know they're hard to come by. The Von Millers, the Lawrence Taylors, people like that. I thought we had a really good one, but we couldn't afford him. We sent him to Cincinnati. Trey Henderson's pretty darn good, um, but you know I, that's what I that's what I would do. So we're all in agreement. Uh, defensive line. I, I think we're all in agreement with somebody that can affect the quarterback, James Mesh, with the second pick. <laughs> I know you get the best player available. What kind of position do you think the Saints need to get next?
5: I would say stick to the lines. I would say stay in the trenches because either if you go interior or like if you if you go with an edge, go get a defensive lineman. Or if former Raging Cajun, former Florida interior offensive lineman Osiris Torrance is there at guard, that gives you the opportunity to maybe move on from Andrews Pete a lot sooner than a lot of people think because of that contract because I think he's still there till he's still under contract till 2026, 2025. Like, okay. he's still got a couple years left on that contract, but it's like you can work with that and then just move on from him sooner if you get Osiris Torrance.
1: Okay. You don't believe he's going to be around in the second round, do you?
5: I think he could still no, be so th- early on the second round. I could I could see him being taken in, like, the early 30s. Okay. All right. We shall see. But All right, George
1: McNeil, your turn. In a dream scenario, you get the defensive lineman with the first pick, what position you take with the next one?
6: Jordan, I'd like to see a, a slot receiver. Um, the, And the reason being is because, you know, Crystal Olave led the team of receptions. Um, Yeah, you got Shahid. Um, but Mike Thomas has been working out, but who knows if he's going to play 16, 17 games. Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. I'd like to get a guy who's going to come in and be able to make some plays on the offensive side of the ball because the offense looked very – Mediocre and pedestrian last year, so give me a guy that I can give the rock to in the open field and let him uh, miss some tackles. So that's that's what I'd like to see.
1: I wish there was a stud tight end, uh, a guy that could you know that gets open, makes catches, breaks tackles. I want to give Carr a, a safety net. I want to give him somebody he can rely on. A big target. Um, every team I see that wins big has a great tight end. Um, and we just don't, I, you know, Jawan Johnson doesn't move the motor, the, the needle for me. Um, but I wish they had a big old tight end, but like, like we talked with Larry Holder earlier in the show and they, they need help in a whole bunch of spots. Um, all right. Uh, next week we'll be able to talk about the draft and we can see if we're smart or if the saints are dumb. Cause I, I think we're smart. Um, no, no question about that, but we'll see what happens. Should be fun. Should be interesting. Uh, George. Thanks for pulling over and talking with us. Have a great weekend. Go make some money. And James Mesh will be back and uh, wrap this bad boy up on this Friday. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be back.
0: This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.
1: We're brought to you by our partners each and every day. ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. E.ON, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. E.ON of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery. Now you can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s little capital Exxon. With their true soul food deli tucked away in the corner, Best cheeseburger I've ever tasted. Try it. think you'll agree. And by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce.
0: Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a steak. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: We are back finishing touches on this Friday edition. If today is your birthday, April 21st, happy birthday to you and yours. Cake, ice cream, maybe a present. Be with your family and your friends. Uh, you share yours with former Dallas Cowboy quarterback turned CBS broadcaster Tony Romo is uh, 43 years old today. LSU baseball tonight at uh, in Oxford. Remember, first pitch, eight. Thirty tonight 830 pregame at eight. First pitch 830 here on the game 1037 lafayette 104 one lake Charles. special thanks to bill franquez for his report from oxford larry holder on the draft george faust all things lafayette george becknell james Mesh and i knocked it around the yard i hope you have a spectacular rest of your friday the sun is out saturday is going to be gorgeous hope you enjoy every minute of it um Just do, just do so. James Mesh, thank you for everything. Uh, So thank you all for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners. Uh, Yeah, we love you. We couldn't do it without you. Um, Until Monday, God willing, I'm Jordy Helford. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Do everything you can uh, to do that. Be kind to one another and let's be happy. Life is too short. Enjoy it. Be happy with one another. Uh, Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. We'll see you on Monday. So long, everybody.